do you have an idea that's been sitting deep inside your heart that you aren't acting on in this week's episode we're talking all about turning our ideas into reality working out which ideas you should be moving forward with which ones you should leave behind and really helping you to make sure that you don't die with your idea inside of you so tune in to this week's episode Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello and welcome to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited to be talking to you today about the idea of acting on your ideas. There are so many people that you hear of, that talk to you, that say in retrospect they wish they started earlier and all of us, and I truly do believe this, all of us have great ideas inside of us but there is such a small percentage of people that actually take the necessary action to turn the idea into reality. So today we are going to have a little bit of chat about some of the ideas both Verity and I have brought into fruition, maybe some of the ideas we haven't, um, and try and share some tips to really help you get acting on those ideas that are sitting inside of you. Yeah, oh, it's exciting. Um, so I think the best place to start is maybe with from figuring it out, yeah. because that was an idea that kind of was born quite randomly. Most of you probably know the story, but it was just a, a kind of a post that I did Sherelle reacted to it and then we were like let's do a podcast because we talk about all this stuff all the time and it's something that means something to us and I'm sure there's lots of other millennial women out there who it means something to as well neither of us had any podcasting experience is that right yeah um and we just decided to crack on with it and I think people now come to both of us and they're like how do you do a podcast how do you start it like how did you learn about it And in all honesty, it was just taking one step at a time, being open to the fact that we'll probably make mistakes, that we'll probably learn things along the way, that we'll probably improve as we go along um, and just get it out there really, wasn't it? It was just, we just kind of seized it and, and did it really. Yeah, and I think the fact that you said like, we were happy to be like, we'd improve along the way. And that's one of the biggest things I think that's always reoccurring with people when they look back over stuff is people like, I started before I was ready. And not letting that idea of wanting to be perfect, stopping you from acting on something. Like you don't know what you don't know. Um, Mm. And it's only once you start going on a process that you're like, oh, I actually need to know this. Oh, I need to know that. But actually you can't sit there in the beginning and know all those things because they will just appear and evolve as part of the idea. And, you know, it's nice to actually get better at something. And I think we've sort of lost that sort of love of it. I think now as a society, we sort of expect everyone to be perfect and fully formed. But it's just the same as learning to walk or learning to ride a bike or any of those things. You didn't do them perfectly at first. So you have to start and get going. And then over time, yes, you'll get to a point where you're like of a certain standard. Yeah, and then it's a silly little kind of offshoot, but I've been like baking quite a bit in lockdown. And when I've made things and they've not turned out right the first time, I've been a bit annoyed at myself. And then I just keep thinking, 
you know, you can't expect to just do it once and get it per. You know, like it just really doesn't hard. work. Like <laughs> and you know, you tweak things and you learn, and it's like enjoying the process, isn't it? Like, and and also, I think you know, using the, the podcast as an example, the world around you changes. So, yeah. from like when we started, kind of. I don't know 18 months ago yeah. December 2018 was it um to now like in terms of technology I mean things have just changed so much just mm. silly little things like you know the way you can put like a Spotify song on Instagram stories and all those silly little things that you wouldn't have even thought about so I think it's just being really open to the fact that you know, you have your idea and that's set within you, but then the world around you is still evolving and it's kind of marrying those two together. But um, yeah, I suppose in terms of, you know, we're in lockdown and I think me and Sherelle have heard lots of people say to us like, oh, I've got so many ideas. And I also see quite a lot of entrepreneurs kind of monetizing on that because they're like, do you have a great idea and you want to do an online course or Amazon product or whatever, like, you know, come and I'll help you. Um, And I think an important topic that we wanted to like delve into a bit was the difference between having an idea, not doing anything about it and having an idea and acting on it and kind of the difference and, and the reason why they're different Um, because it's, it's big, isn't it? And I, and I think we hear it a lot. Yeah. And the thing is, not all ideas, I do believe, are meant to be acted on. Like, I think some people are ideas machines. And so I think that's always an important thing to mm. work out for yourself. Like, are you someone who genuinely has just, is constantly thinking of ideas, always coming up with stuff? And therefore, you probably can't act on everything. Like, that's probably not a realistic ambition for you. However, it's then about working out of those ideas which ones you are I suppose really passionate about and which ones you should be taking like if you've got loads of ideas you shouldn't be then doing none of them but I think it's fair to say you shouldn't be doing all of them um I think yeah some people are definitely more ideas and students than other people I know for example I have too many urls like I'm a Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a bit of a url holder (laughs) because I get these ideas and I think oh and like Propel Her is a classic example of that I think I bought the url maybe a year before I even did anything um because I just was like oh like I want to do something like women supporting women and like helping them to move like forward and I was like oh I love the name and then I just bought the url and then it took me probably a year before I actually like did anything about the site and so that's the difference between I sort of knew I wanted to do that and it took me a year whereas I still have urls like some I probably wouldn't even be able to tell you I think last year when I was I was buying one I ended up accidentally buying five (laughs) yeah but I I I was a bit of a url hoarder so I do get that and I don't know why I don't know where that comes from it must be something we were obviously learned like in business classes or something but you know you have an idea and you're like god if I don't buy this now it someone else will, will do it yeah and I yeah I've had a few and the the thing is like I like inventing things which come completely comes from my dad obviously I've still not invented anything but I do think that'll maybe where I end up when I have some like cash behind me I'll just spend my days just kind of inventing random things because I have loads of things that I think oh actually I think that I do pretty decent Mm -hmm. in the market but like my I suppose my best example is um so just a quick history that I'm a marketer then I became a coach with the c plan 
Um, but an idea I had seven years ago was uh, the idea that I'm working on now, my startup, which is the authentic data revolution. But seven years ago, I bought a URL, which was how did you get your job.co.uk. And that was the domain. And it's basically what Tadar is today, but it was um, on like a smaller kind of level. And seven years, it just, yeah. it just, I don't know what the word is. I suppose I see it as like seven years ago, a seed was planted. And it's, I believe in, I'm going to go woo-woo, woo-woo time. Um, I believe in divine timing. So I think it's taken seven years for me to get into the point of being the woman I needed to be, having the skills, the knowledge, the awareness, the stability, whatever it is, to then make this idea work. And I just feel like it's the right time and the alignment of it feels very right. And so I think it's really important, like Sherelle said, it's like, I'm an ideas person. I have millions of ideas every day. And I've worked with clients as a coach who've been the same. And they're like, how do I choose? And one exercise that I use, which I've used myself, is record yourself for a minute talking about each idea okay. and then watch them back. And you can see the idea mm. that is sat deep within you because you just light up. And it just flows easier in your eyes and your smile and everything sparkles. And it sounds silly, but sometimes we're thinking we're so led by money or we're so led by which will give me the nomadic lifestyle or we're so led by all these things. But the thing is, if it doesn't really like for me, if it's not in like real alignment with you, there's there's probably going to be, you know, some challenges along the way and that might be fine. That might be your path, but you've just got to figure out what, what kind of business you want and the reason behind it. Um, and I think what's interesting there when you're talking about spending one minute talking about it, the, another thing that often I hear people say is imagine if you had to talk about this every single day mm. and that idea of like, if you have, imagine in a year from now where every single night you've been going out and you've been talking to people or, you've been posting about on social every single day like what is a yeah. subject that you just do not consider yourself getting bored on um yeah. and that and using that as a sort of guiding light and this is this is advice for people that have too many ideas this isn't for people that if you've just got one some people are very clear that they've just got this idea very mm. in deep inside them but this is more advice I think for people who probably do class themselves as either like ideas makers or like if you're multi-passionate because um, that can be a bit of a harder situation um, to deal with, I think, sometimes. Yeah, I think it can. And I think also be open to evolution of <laughs> ideas. So, like, you know, being a marketer, I like my first ever, like, side hustle business, whatever, was my own marketing consultancy that I set up, which was called Sierra. God, that feels ages ago now. <laughs> um, and I think I ended up having one client and that was it. Um and then I decided to niche down into a marketing agency for female female shop owners, so bricks and mortar shop owners. Why? I have no idea. It was the most stupidest, weirdest thing ever. And what, like you just said, Sherelle, I couldn't have spoken about it every single day, but it was part of the journey. And mm -hmm. I honestly thought, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. And then Sea Salt came along and that was like part of my life for three years. And I genuinely, in that moment, thought this is what I'm meant to do. And it took me three years of doing it yeah. that made me realize, actually, it isn't. This was part of my journey. I have no regrets whatsoever the networks I've made the knowledge I have the skills I have the awareness of the industry is invaluable that I gained over those three years 
but now it's time to put that to rest and move on to my next thing. And I think some people are like, but you've, you've said that this is like in your bones, it's your passion. I'm like, yeah, I know I didn't at the time I meant it. And now I've realized it isn't. And I think there's a, there's a fear, isn't there about the external a lot? Like what other people will say, like what other people think, like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like, do you find that Sherelle like that oh yeah the yeah. especially when you're putting yourself in a, a very visible place so you know for me um acting on my ideas is normally being about me having a range of different side hustles in my life which was very interesting when I started uh when I have a full-time job that isn't the passion I'm I'm really passionate about sorry that's not the right sentence because <laughs> marketing is something I really love and so it was mm. like there was lots of people I felt that might, like, what they were doing they were trying to get out of it so actually they weren't necessarily bothered about their official face on the outside and what people were seeing but like I had a massive block about posting about like free and figuring it out and propel her on LinkedIn because I remember thinking what are all these like environment I'm working just is like it's a mix it's not all white middle class men but I felt like my LinkedIn was definitely had too many. Um, but I just thought that what am I gonna what are these people gonna think? Like you're crazy. And even I've had issues with my family, like where people have seen like the videos I make and they um I made comments about it and I've spoken openly about like I've had issues with dating where men have Googled me before mm. and they find stuff. So you know, it is there is no doubt that acting on your ideas and saying, This is me, this is what I believe in, and putting yourself out there, especially because a lot of my the stuff I do is around like really supporting women and like then I'm waving the feminist flag which means someone can obviously like have a go at me but, <laughs> um, but then I just think that clearly means that you're not meant to be a part of, of you're not meant to be a part of my life and if that's your thoughts then I probably shouldn't be in your life anyway and it's taken me a long mm. time to get there to just be like no I'm just gonna own it in all dimensions and actually I felt so much better once I've managed to really, I suppose, share all the passions that I have as one person. And it, it's been a slow journey, definitely has. Like, but if I'm really honest, that's probably why I propel her was brand rather than me in the first place. Because it meant that I could be marketing it and putting myself yeah. out there. Unless you knew it was me, you wouldn't find it. Like, so yeah. colleagues and stuff like that weren't going to find it. And that's probably why I think it was easy for the start of that. And that's, for example, is a classic um, thing when people come to me about blogs. A lot of the time people ask, should I have it in my own name or should I have it, like, should I have a brand name? Should I have a pseudonym? Should I have something else? And, you know, there are people who have been successful with blogging in both ways. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know people that have, you know, we've had, like, people like Gemscopes earlier this year. She's yeah. had to make friends. For example, there were some people who absolutely use a brand name and that's what they use to push themselves out there. But then the reverse is some people are, like, absolutely own being a person and therefore that means they can show all the different sides of them um and all of their passions and then that works so I think mm. it's all about you like finding a way I never say you have to do one way or the other but I think if you feel as if you're choosing a brand name just to hide behind something you should be questioning that yeah I I find it interesting I actually really struggle and we we've spoke about self-promotion a little bit in last week's episode but I found it harder to promote myself as a C-cell plan where the co- the whole business concept was about me being a coach mm. and guiding people than I do with the authentic data revolution which I'm the founder but it isn't about me it's about the concept and I do find it a lot easier to market 
the authentic data revolution and did my coaching business. But something that came up when you were talking then, and it's a really important thing about advice, it's, you know, only take advice off, well, not, no, take advice for everyone. Like listen, you know, yeah. to advice off everyone, if, especially if you ask for it. Um, respect that people, there's, there's, a, there's a line from a Baz Luhrmann song, like, oh my God, from like 20 years ago. Um, but it's something about how advice is like a form of nostalgia for people. And so it's respecting that space for people if people do give it, have boundaries, but you know, find your kind of balance with that. But if you're really wanting to grow, if you're really wanting to figure stuff out, then only truly listen to advice of people in a position where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where people go wrong, you know, especially in business, they'll say, oh, I showed my website to my mum and she was like, oh, I don't like that color. Is your mum your ideal client? <laughs> no. Why are you listening to her in terms of a business sense? Obviously listen to her and go, thanks mum, that was lovely. I really appreciate your feedback. Yeah. But, you know, don't, and I think we have to be really careful with that, don't we? Um, And also be a bit careful who you share your ideas with. We all live in this world very differently. And, you know, if you are very optimistic and you're really passionate about something and then you share it with someone who is like, just does not understand what is going on in that area, then they're going to be negative about it. And you need, I think when you have ideas, you need to really quieten the negativity as much as possible because it's only you who really knows who really can see that vision yeah and you've you've got to like hold on to that as long as you can until you get traction until you know it it, momentum sets in and I think especially if your idea is pushing you out of the norm the norm I've got inverted commas there I'm saying it but because I think that's part I think that's part of the issue as well so I think now for example there are some ideas you may have that resemble something that's already been done. Do you get what I mean? Mm. Whereas you could have something that is totally revolutionary and then that's when people are going to be like, well, how's that going to work? So if you were yeah. trying to, if you're trying to bring something that there's not really any sort of proof in the world that it can be done, that's even harder for people to, um, to like resonate with and to see how it's going to work. But I think you are really right about really trying to work out who you share your ideas with. Because I think it is important. I think talking about your ideas are really important. Mm, and actually definitely. getting it out of your head. And when you start talking to people, and because I think the questions that people ask you often can help you to refine your idea and make it better. Like if you actually get the right questioning from some people, that can be really powerful. But what you need to be doing is to talking to someone who is I suppose quite objective and is willing to be asking those questions to help you delve deeper and understand what you want to do and how you want to look and how it could work and you know and make you possibly think about some things you hadn't considered but Mm. that's a positive experience that isn't someone just saying well that's not going to work yeah yeah and I think what I found I know it's a bit difficult now but what I found help was going to like female entrepreneur groups or networking yeah. or whatever, because you've all got people in the space there who have this kind of business head on them who are going to be, they know what it's like to be the person trying to do the elevator pitch or whatever. So mm. they're going to try and help you figure that out. And I found 
just saying it over and over again, what I did, like it got clearer and clearer. And one of my favorite, favorite quotes is clarity comes from action. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if we, we look at people with all these ideas and, you know, I'll say to them, why haven't you done it yet? And they'll just look at me and be like, um, and there's either no answer or they're like, oh, well, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have the experience. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the skill. Da, 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 da. All of that to me is like, if I'm being really harsh, irrelevant. If you have something that's like lighting up a fire in your belly, you just get on with it. And if it's not, then maybe now isn't the time. Yeah. Maybe like to dar with me it just sits there and it remunerates until seven years later everything slots into place and there's um a book i've mentioned it before on this podcast but elizabeth gilbert big magic she yeah. talks about this she talks about how some ideas are meant for us and some ideas come into our lives we think about them we don't act on them and then someone else does them but that's <laughs> fine because that's, that's what it's meant to be no the way very she explains that is not how the book says it the book is, no. she's so much more worried about it she's literally like and ideas are floating around does and she they might float in, they, i'm sure she's literally like and they'll float into your head they're looking for, um, ideas are looking for a host body it's something <laughs> like that and it's basically like if you ignore them, so if you don't like take them in and decide to work on yeah. them, then they'll float back away and they'll find someone else to be their host instead. Because I remember, re like, I didn't really like that idea, but I also thought, love, you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, or if they are truly meant to be, they will just be stubborn and persist and yeah. sit. But I think anyone who's listened to this thinking, right, okay, I've got this idea. It could be anything. It could be you want to write a book or it could be you want to set up an Etsy shop or it could be you, you want to start a podcast want to, <laughs> you want to start a podcast okay so so write down your idea and then write down what is stopping me from doing it and I can guarantee I can guarantee you there is not one reason why you cannot take the first step yeah. and once you take that first step it's then the second step and I think this is the problem I think people are like I want to let's use, I want to do a podcast. And then they're like, oh my God, equipment, um, getting it on iTunes, the graphics, um, the and they're like, I can't do it. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, stop. What, what's it going to be called? What, yeah. what are you going to talk about? How long the episode is going to be? How, and just break it down because overwhelming is a killer of ideas, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. And looking at the whole plan, like, you know, I am a massive planner. And so I'm definitely someone that's like, We'll try and plan ahead as much as possible. But if you are someone that's been sitting on an idea because you can't get the plan in place, then I might just do the first thing. Because once you do that, then you, it will come to you and you'll be like, okay, well, this is actually the next thing and this is the whatever. And also, if you really can't find a plan, that is when then you should look and see if you can find someone to help you. And yeah. if this is an idea that you've got inside of you, that is, I think especially for the ones you know when they've been sitting in you for a bit too long so actually like there's a difference between having an idea that you thought of this week and you've not done anything about it and then you're like oh yeah I actually had that idea last year and you know like some times you can you can have this idea and then like you see other people doing stuff and you're like oh yeah that could be me that could have been me I'm like that, you need to do something now you've been sitting on it for too long and in that sense if you can't do it by yourself like if you've spent the hours googling and you've not gotten any closer to putting a plan together to help you you need to actually get some professional help. 
and yeah. you know you can get a mentor depending on what you're looking at you could get a coach you could just find someone who is doing exactly what you want to do and even if they don't necessarily have an official program they offer try and like ask to see like if they can work with them if you could get, talk to them whatever but just try and actually put yourself out there to connect with someone who is able to give you some of the right advice and some of the right steps and because that will make the world of a difference and if you if you generally can't find it out by yourself I find a person yeah and I think just a little story to because some of you sat there thinking well I don't know anyone da, da, da. Mm, well yeah. when I came up with the authentic data revolution I spoke to uh, my dear friend Mikey about it and he was like oh my god do you know of so-and-so she's like you know huge in the tech industry she set up this app she's so successful you know she's like so inspirational so I watched a few like seminars on YouTube of her and then I literally reached out to her and I was like I think you're incredible and I want to build a business like you have do you offer mentoring you know paid unpaid anything she is now my mentor I now have a call with her she's based in San Francisco I, call, I have a call with her every month that came from nothing that yeah. came from me wanting to find someone I admire so much and I think is so fantastic at what she does and who I want to build a business like in my life and so if you're sat there in your little terraced house and wherever you know you can do anything we have the internet we are yeah. so privileged we have the internet there is nothing stopping you what's the worst that can happen is one of my other favorite sayings it's not associated dr pepper which some of you remember but you know what is the worst that can happen someone doesn't reply to an email someone says i don't do mentoring good luck bye like what is the worst that can happen what is the best thing that can happen mm. like we need to stop letting fear rule us which i feel has come out a lot in the pandemic and you know we need to kind of become friends with fear i suppose um and the other quick thing is perfectionism. Like you need to be comfortable with ideas not being perfect and yeah. that they will probably never be perfect, but they will be more beautiful because of that. Otherwise you will never get it out there if yeah. you want it to be perfect. And I think it's very hard to have a fully formed perfect idea that's in your head anyway, because it's when you get something out into the marketplace, it's when something is in the real world that it will evolve and it will refine. And as you said, the world is changing. So your idea of what it exists as originally, for example, might end up having to change because the world's changed. I'm sure the people that launched mm -hmm. ideas this year that that like, they've had to pivot. Like that's been one of the, the buzzwords of lockdown has been all like all the businesses that are having to pivot at the moment because what we the assumptions we had about how people respond to things and how people use things and the way of life, because that's all changed, some people have had to make quite drastic decisions. And but what's interesting is it's made me realise some people who had ideas that now have acted quicker because now they have, they've been pushed, they've been forced. Like something's like, actually some people are really taking this moment to be like, oh, and I'm like, this was an idea you've been sitting on for a while and now you've taken it. And it's like, don't wait for like the world to fall apart. <laughs> your idea. Like I'm sure it would have been much better not to have been trying to like launch something in the middle of a really stressful um, time so imagine having done that like last year when you should have been doing it um and I think it's great like Verity's story about getting a mentor is really useful and I think yes you can absolutely do it by yourself and as someone who 
you know I did not come from a network of any useful sort I, I just didn't I didn't have those friends in my circle or anything and I have worked really hard actively to improve that and like they were like reach out and yeah you might think well why on earth they're gonna respond to me but you know what you never know like you just absolutely never know and I think there's a lot of people that want to give back there's a mm. lot of people that actually you don't know what their story was necessarily in the first place and also like sometimes I say like if I'm not if like I don't know the right thing for um if I'm not the right person for someone sometimes I'll always recommend other people but also that's the thing as well about like professionally so I, you know, through Propel Her, I used to do a lot more coaching. Whereas now I'm very clear. I'm like, if you come to me, you're like, you're right, if you've got something that doesn't match where I am, I'm totally happy to recommend you to other people because mm. I have now built up a network of people around me that I feel I know good people to support people, but I'm going to just not be the right person for you. And that's the thing. You need to find someone who works for you as well. So like a big thing I think about accountability is there's a the very there's a fine line because lots of the work I'll do with people and they're like trying to bring their idea into the world and I think like what Verity says you go through like what is holding them back and then they talk about what steps they need to take and I'm like this is something you've decided that you need to take and then we'll talk to them a week later and they've not done it and then you're like so why you know this is the right thing to do you've decided yeah. this is something you want to do but you've still not done it and therefore, like for me, one of the biggest reasons to hold accountability is to keep people going and knowing they've got someone else to come back to who will challenge them. I do, do think it does help people to get through stuff. So you don't want to get accountability from someone who's going to probably be totally soft on you and be like, oh yeah, that's okay. Don't worry, you can do it next week. And then yeah. it's not going to hold you to it. So I think if you are, if you're someone who hasn't been acting on your ideas and you decide the accountability is the way forward, you have to find someone who actually is going to hold you accountable and is going to push you and not just going to fold back and be like oh don't worry about it oh I know you've had a really hard week this week because that that's not going to get you where you're going long term um if you decide that that sort of accountability is what you need aka Sherelle perfect accountability yeah. partner because she will not let you follow <laughs> whereas I will yeah. I'll be like it's fine don't worry <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah I am um, I think, like you've said, I think the the whole, I suppose we're all searching for this purpose, passion in life. And I think what I've realized only on reflection is that, you know, I don't believe you can force it. Like, I think, and I, I do really strongly believe that you can, you know, each part of your life can have a different purpose and passion. And um, I know, I don't know if you've read the Jessica Huey book. I know I, uh, we've read yeah, just read yeah. So, you know, and it's called Purpose. And um, it was something that came from her. And I thought, yeah, that's really important. I think we're taught that, right, if you decide to be a marketer at 18, then that's it till yeah. you die. And like, you know, for someone like Sherelle, that, that may be what you want to do, or it may not be. For someone like me, I love marketing, but it's not like in my heart. And it's, you know, and I think 
the, there's this whole, um, well, I suppose there's two, there's two things, isn't it? There's the multi-passionate kind of entrepreneur where you have lots of different things parallel, or it can be more linear in that, you know, in your twenties, you're a marketer, in your thirties, you're a coach, in your forties, you're an entrepreneur, in your fifties, you're a consultant, whatever. Yeah. And that's fine. I think it's getting comfortable with that idea. And again, it's just kind of trying to think, what do I want rather than what I've been told I should do <laughs> but also I think it's about in a way not owning the ideas so the way that you're just like I'm a marketer in this year I'm a consultant in this I'm a da -da -da, and your identity is so attached mm. to what you do and actually I think that is one of the hardest things sometimes to that barrier because you if you've now perceived yourself as a certain type of person you might not think someone like me does this so, you know, exactly. Like I was, had a very, like, had a marketing career and then everyone was literally like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, I'm helping women. Like, I'm doing, like, all personal development stuff and we're reading books and I'm doing coaching. And everyone was like, what? Because that's not what a marketer does. But I'm like, okay. if you, but you get what I mean, if you don't, I'd, like, identify with what your, you, what your work is, like, what you're actually mm. doing as your identity, you're just like, I'm a person that has these passions, that has these ideas. And like you said, you go through life and at certain times some of them are going to be more likely to be at the forefront and some of them will fall, will be in the background because it's the seasons of life and I think like your passions yeah. and your ideas that you decide to work on will mirror that yeah yeah and I think that that is a whole other kind of conversation on like labels and uh, like identity and you know it, it's it's interesting isn't it kind of how you know like if someone gets a new boyfriend or whatever the second question is like what's he do yeah like, why do we why do we need to know what everyone does and it's because we make a judgment on that yeah. well like he's a cleaner oh or he's an entrepreneur oh and that's me being extremely stereotypical but just for the sake of you know demonstrating how we sometimes react which is awful but it's just human nature so I think yeah I think no I think that's a really good point Sherelle it's you know, maybe we start thinking about instead of saying what we do, you know, what are we passionate about? And then mm. that can cover all the aspects of, of what we do or, you know, what like really, you know, in a woo-woo, what makes our heart smile? You know, like what makes us like really happy when, when it comes to our professional lives? Um, but yeah, I suppose the whole gist of this episode is if you have an idea, if you have several ideas, like just spend some time you know, really working with them because we're not saying that if you have an idea right now, you've got to go and do it, like get on with it, whatever it is, if it feels right or wrong, just do it. It's an yeah. idea you need to crack on, but you need to figure out if it's something you need to pursue or not. And, you know, and, and also if you have lots of ideas, like which one is the one? Because yeah. the thing is, if we spread ourselves too thin, you could have lots of ideas. And, and I'm just like, I've said to you, I'm sure I'll invent products and stuff in the future but right now if I try to do that as well as what I'm doing it just I wouldn't give anything quality no and I generally do believe like you shouldn't start all your ideas at once and no. like actually it's very even though I do multiple things I didn't everything was like a different time so I was like propel her was like in 2016 I started it and then like I pivoted my marketing consultancy in 2018 and then it was like the end of that was about the beginning it was the end of 2018 then we started free and figuring that out like I've been layering up stuff and um, but one of the things I say to people um about why you should like you said you should sit down you should write down your idea you should write 
try and work through why you want to do it and why not. Because if you then decide it's not right for you now, like, I'm like, you should have somewhere where you have the, like your ideas so that it doesn't feel that you're just like not caring about it. You're just like, this isn't right for me right now. This is an idea I've got. I've written it down. It's somewhere safe to actually get it out your head. Because also this is the problem. I think if you've got too many ideas running around your head, then you can't really concentrate on anything. So you do actually have to make a decision that you're like, am I going to go for this? And I'm going to put my heart into it. And I'm going to, I've, I've worked through it as an idea. I've spoken to someone about it. I've done that. What's the worst can happen? What's the best can happen? And I've tried, this is for me. And I'm going to do it. Away you go. Or you decide, you know, it might be a great idea, but it doesn't fit where I am with my life right now. Um, actually, I'm not in the place to do it. Or the combination with the other things I've got going on isn't right, or etc. And obviously, you do have to be careful that you're not then going back on some fears and it's just like I don't have enough mm. time, etc. But then if you decide, no, this isn't to me right now. It's a great idea, but it's not for me. Just write it down and like have a like have a folder on your computer that's about ideas. I have a notebook where you write ideas, and like you said, they might come back to it four, five, six, seven years later, and that might be the right time. But at least you've got it out of your head. And so it feels yeah. you can then have the clarity around the things you actually want to do. Definitely. Like I feel about that about a book. I will write a book one day. I'm absolutely sure. But I know it's not for me right now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I'll just yeah, have yeah. it on this list that says like the book. So that I'm like, I don't have to think about it. I don't feel any guilt when I see other people publishing books. I'm like, it's not for me yet. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a really, really good place to be. Yeah, exciting. Oh, tell us your ideas. I want <laughs> to know what they are. Um, so we are going to go on a little break, aren't we? On a summer holiday. A summer on holiday, a summer holiday. Nowhere because we're all going on a vacation to you um, <laughs> <laughs> So we will be back with brand new episodes on the 17th of July which um, is Verity's birthday which is my birthday <laughs> but you do have nearly 80 episodes to delve into if you miss us in that time um, so if you go to freeandfiguringitout.com they are all there um, and you can find them um, and you know what we'd love in, in that break is for you to reach out to us um, we really want to know you know what you want from us kind of moving forward um so we can shape the future free and figuring it out so we are at free and figuring it out at gmail.com and obviously on instagram we're also on facebook at free and figuring it we're everywhere now like we're also on twitter and on <laughs> so you can find us anywhere so if there's anything you would like to hear us discuss in season two we would absolutely love to hear from you hopefully when we come back we might be in a bit better situation not as so much in lockdown so it'd be nice to think we can come back and talk about some more positive uplifting things so if there's anything that you want us to chat about anything you want to discuss anything that right now you're trying to figure out and so you'd be nice to have some things maybe you do have an idea that you want to work with afterwards we'd like to hear from you so yeah do please get in touch with us um it would be really nice to hear to hear from you all and get some nice ideas to make sure we come back with some great new episodes Yes. So thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your, all your messages and we will see you super soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.